Hey there, Potters. I'm Ivy, and welcome to the Healthy Perspectives Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Wayne. And together, we we make make your your podcast podcast dreams come true. true. Yes, it's April 2019, a.k.a. National Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. It is? Is that why I've been seeing all these posters of testicles hanging around the PMP office? Oh, Ivy, those are no normal balls. They aren't ordinary. That's Nad and Tad. For everyone listening out there, Nat and Tad are a part of the new Testicular Cancer Awareness Project that we've been working on here at Patients and Purpose. See, testicular cancer rates are on the rise, gentlemen. In fact, it's the most common cancer in men ages 15 to 34. But if you catch it early, it's beatable. That's why Nat and Tad want men to go out there and get in touch with their testes and check out how they handle the self-examination of their very own over at natandtad.com. And isn't there a Snapchat lens that people can try out as well? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Well, we can basically use it to turn you and your bestie into Nat and Tad and live life as a pair of testicles. For our listeners out there, you can get it by going over to nadandtad.com. And that's actually how we met our special guest today. On today's episode, we are joined by one of the most outspoken voices in the fight against testicular cancer. He's here today to share his journey through diagnosis and how he was able to find his authentic voice within the digital space. He's a filmmaker, comic book creator, and stage three testicular cancer survivor. So please extend a warm welcome to Mr. Ballsy himself, Thomas Cantley. Okay, so actually, Thomas, right before we get into some of the more hard-hitting questions, we want to get to know you a little bit better, and we like to start off with an icebreaker. So uh, some of our listeners are wondering, what emoji would you say best describes you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, um, depends on how clean this uh, show is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um... Huh, that's a t- I've never been asked this question, but probably probably the laugh face with the crying, um, just because mm. I'm I'm always either laughing at myself or or because uh, I think I'm funny, but I'm <laughs> usually not. But uh, but yeah, I just I just try to laugh every day. That's it. That's like probably that. my most used one too, especially lately when there's so much craziness going on. All you can do is, is laugh. laugh. <laughs> I, I like to uh, my my emoji of choice is the inquisitor emoji. Oh, That's what which I like one to call him—the one with the uh, raised right eyebrow uh, and the the uh, hand on his face. It's like I don't really I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a, I, I like that answer, Thomas, and thanks for, for letting us know. That, that, try, that gives us a little bit of insight into who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. So now let's get into the harder-hitting questions. Yes, the uh, meat and potatoes. First and foremost, uh, we want to extend our congratulations to you. Uh, if memory serves us right, you are 10 years cancer-free, and uh, that's awesome. Uh, testicular cancer, stage three, that is. Uh, do you remember what was going through your mind at that moment of diagnosis or what you were thinking? Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's different and, and how they go through it when they hear those words, you know, just the first time your doctor tells you that you have cancer and sometimes a lot of people doesn't resonate right away. It doesn't hit them. Some people hysterically break down, but for me, you know, I was, you know, living in New York City and the stresses and the environment, uh, as you guys know, which it is, uh, it was kind of like it didn't hit me right away. So when they told me I had cancer, it was, it, 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 I, I was just kind of going, okay, yeah, 
Um, okay, let's. Can we fix this? Uh, what do we need to do? Yeah. So. That is a very New York response to that. <laughs> and especially with all. What the, do we do to fix this? Yeah, and with all the the madness that's already in the city, like you to to handle something as heavy as that, while being a New Yorker, I'd even take that into account. Um, what what advice would you uh, give to someone who's uh, maybe going through the same thing today? Uh, I mean, you know, and, and for me, it wasn't the best way to deal with it, you know, I mean, cause it wasn't, I wasn't taking a moment to really, like really kind of regurgitate it and just take it in and, and allow myself to go, okay, I have cancer. Cause I didn't deal with it. It was many, 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 many years later. I was keeping myself busy. I was filming it all and just using myself as a subject. And, uh, until like almost seven years later ish. Uh, it really hit me that I had cancer. So I would probably give the best, the best advice would be is to deal with it um, in life because you think of all the anger and, and frustration that people have every day is because a lot of the time people don't deal with their stress. They don't deal with those situations and these, those emotions. So when you see those people who are snapping at you, it's because they've never truly dealt with it. And that would be my biggest advice is just when you get the, when you get cancer, um, hopefully you don't, but when you do are diagnosed, deal with those emotions of having it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I think does sound like it takes a long time to deal with head on, but the sooner you do that, the, the, the quicker you can kind of get to, to all the, the good things that kind of come after, you know, or the, the, the people around you that give you support, you know, you're more open to that if you deal with it head on. Exactly. Just accept it. You got it. And then it's just power through it. You know, look at it as an, an obstacle that now you just have to get past it, put it in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. What made you want to start sharing your journey with cancer? Because obviously for a lot of people, it would be a very private experience and they might not want it, you know, to share it with the world. But you you kind of went in a different direction. Um, what made you want to do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, this was quite a few years ago, I started like the immediate moment I was kind of diagnosed, I started putting a camera up and filming myself. Um, so, and 10 years ago, it just wasn't as prevalent, like, you know, people putting themselves out there, which today, you know, everyone's putting themselves out there, which is amazing. But at the time, I didn't even really think about it, you know, because I was kind of like, Ooh, I can be my own subject, I can put myself out there. I wasn't even at the time, like, I'll be I'll be completely honest, I wasn't thinking about other people. I was thinking about, I was dealing with it in my own way. Um, and I was, I was quite selfish actually, you know, in the beginning phases, because I was just like, Oh, I can, this is my, my big break, my big project that I can put out there. I'm going to be a, a documentarian, you know, this is going to be awesome. Like Chris Carr. Um, <laughs> and, and that was my initial aspects, but I ended up having this one guy that responded to one of my videos that I did that kind of shifted my perspective in 2010 and he was you know because of my video he just said that I was you know he could relate to me because I was just so real and that he ended up going to get himself checked and by that he just kept playing my video over and over and over again and turns out he ended up having testicular cancer but he said if he didn't uh, look at my video because at this point it was all YouTube you know 10 years ago mm -hmm. right he said that they probably wouldn't have detected the, he would, he probably wouldn't have caught it early. Um, if he didn't catch my video. Um, so that's a huge difference than that you've made in even just one person's experience in life. 
which, yeah. which you know, I guess makes any amount of sharing kind of worth it if you know that you've impacted even just one person. Exactly. That's a huge shift in just basically uh, this person's mood or uh, their lifestyle at that moment. You were able to, to touch and tap onto them and have them basically have a whole new outlook. And, it, and it's awesome that you say that this person has reached out to you. So were you mainly using YouTube at this time? Yeah, that was it. I mean, 10 years ago, we barely had Facebook. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Snapchat. We didn't have any of these, um, you know, platforms. And the crazy thing was, is this guy commented on YouTube and, you know, you know, sometimes people are like kind of, you know, they're, uh, there's not really a great way to kind of connect to them. So he didn't even have his name. It was just like an anonymous mm. like comment. And he actually commented that. And then I did a video response back. I mean, look how I'm dating myself. Like, look at this. <laughs> it was such a weird form of communication, but I had no way of tracking him or even knowing his name because it was like Josh124, you know, whatever. And so I did a video back. And anyways, he ended up doing a video response because um, he was still nervous about even having the conversation, putting himself out there, but just kind of just saying how how I helped him. And you know, he was in uh, the UK. So pretty cool. Oh, wow. Pretty That's cool. awesome. You crossed the pond. <laughs> <laughs> so so how would you say that uh, social media and these digital platforms like YouTube uh, helped you to push your message? Um, I would say, you know, there's, there's so many uh, interpretations of it. And there's just, um, you know, we we're in this world of social media right now. And, and it's, it's evolved. Uh, so much at a rapid pace. And I, I just feel even from 10 years ago, uh, using these platforms, what we normally wouldn't be able to, you know, if we didn't have the internet and these social media tools, I never would have helped this guy or been able to. Um, and I think social media is just a, an extremely powerful resource and platform to really help people, you know, and that's why uh, there's so many more self-advocates out on social media and Instagram because it's instant. People can connect and people like to, you know, know that other people are going through what they're going through. Because um, I talk to cancer survivors, uh, men and women on a regular basis. And the one big struggle that they all have is their family, their friends, their partner, because they never had cancer. They don't, they can't really ever understand what it's like. Mm -hmm. that's what's so powerful about the community. You go to these events, you go to these, you're, you're online and you're seeing that other cancer survivor that has something that you have. You immediately have this incredible bond because you share this experience that's like no other. Yeah, I, I love that. And so you, you mentioned this individual who commented on your video and they, they went on to make their own videos and it's sort of like community building. What were some of the other initial reactions from people who were coming across your message? How, how did they interpret it and how did they move forward? Um, it was just pretty awesome. I mean, you know, there's just been over the years, there's been people who aren't even cancer survivors, but I, I did a whole um, campaign that was about, it was called I Am Ballsy. And I wanted people to, you know, hold up a sign saying I Am Ballsy and then share why they were, why are they ballsy? You know, going through whatever situation they're going through to share that. Um, and it led into other people who have, there was recently a girl, her name's Sarah Fader and she's an author and she had mental uh, health issues and she actually talks in her, um, I, I used her as an example because, um, she ended up, you know, being very, um, exposed her past and, and her issues that she had with mental health on my platform. 
Um, and people really connected to her and they were like commenting and then she decided to, she ended up writing a book and now she sent me a little clip the other day cause she was doing a speaking engagement in New York. Um, and she actually talks about me in a lot of her speaking engagements, just how like a simple <laughs> platform that I gave her, um, was just, it changed her life. Um, so, so stories like that are really amazing where, um, we use social media and we just give people a voice, um, you know, because that's the biggest thing that a lot of these people are afraid of. You know, they're going, they're, they're just so afraid to put themselves out there, but the universe is so giving and supportive if you just put yourself out there because there are so many other people going through the same struggles as you and that just helps them as well as yourself. Yeah, it really helps to hear you I guess, talk about social media in such a positive way only because, you know, now that it's so prevalent in everyone's lives, it can feel somewhat like you're only focusing on the negative parts, you know, at, at, at different times, you know, it, it feels like this overwhelming part of your life and, and, you know, maybe you're exposed to how great people are doing, but listening to you talk about it, it, it really is illuminating, you know, the fact that it, it still is an amazing tool. It can bring people together in a, in a community way or launch someone's voice in a way that wouldn't have been possible before that it really just now is like kind of downplaying for me the, the negative feelings that you might have about it. It's just such a, it is such a amazing way mm -hmm. to, to build a community. And, and I am one for social media bashing. <laughs> I, I, I can be quoted saying something bad or two, but that it's amazing to hear you say such positive things. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of that word, would you would you consider yourself to be an influencer? Is that is that something that you kind of have in your own head, or um, dispelled that word? <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting word. Like you like you said, I mean, there's it's such a broad scoped word, an influencer, because you can be an influencer for a product, something like that. Like for me, I wouldn't consider myself an influencer. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm me. Um, I'm a, you know, over my recent years, I'm just a portal, a resource, um, a voice uh, for those who may not be able to um, put themselves out there or put out that information and, and create opportunities, um, you know, just for my community. You know, I feel like I'm just a, a ballsy guy. Yeah. <laughs> an advocate, you know, I mean, I just look at myself as a health advocate, you know, and mm. um, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to categorize myself as an influencer um, just because mm -hmm. it's so broadly um, maybe in my in my area of focus. I can be an influencer in the cancer community. But yeah, I don't want to just I'd have to title myself like in combination with that, not just the sole influencer title. So here at PMP, we're, we're always pushing uh, for clients to get involved with health advocates, basically pulling them into our social programs. Uh, from your perspective, what's the best way for us to uh, approach health advocates or uh, influencers in a space who would be a perfect mesh for our client work? Yes, yes. I have a fantastic answer for you. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the big things that I, I study is just I study social media. I study mm. everything. I study the community. Um, and a lot of my friends who are in the, you know, marketing and social media world and everything, like, it's really interesting to look at. The big thing is to look at engagement. Um, you know, because the one thing is, is it's all about targeting yourself and being 
connected to the right influencers and the right advocates who have a voice mm-hmm. who are connected into the community. But the thing is you could be a, a you know, a, like a celebrity who has millions of followers, but the low engage, if they have low engagement and questions back and forth, and just because they're Joe Schmo, um, isn't really beneficial to you. Um, you know, you want someone who's out there, you know, and I'll throw my, me as an example, mm-hmm. someone who really connects on a regular basis with the community, knows everyone, um, just has a really great response rate, comment rate, just is knowledgeable. Um, because to be an advocate, you know, there's so many great young, fresh advocates out there that are doing great things. Um, and it's, I'm still learning, you know, cause things are constantly changing and it's just almost being a seasoned advocate, looking at some of these, um, ones who've been around for a while that really know how to speak the language, um, be presentable, just know how to talk the talk, um, giving that right information, um, which there is no really wrong information in a lot of the senses, you know, cause it's all personal based, but really looking at, um, how these advocates out there are um, putting themselves out there and how they're communicating. But um, it doesn't matter about the numbers. It's about looking at their likes and their comments and looking at the people that are engaging with them is, is the most important because that's seeing that they're communicating with their community. So when working with brands yourself uh, or, you know, organizations, whatever it is, how do you manage to keep your voice authentically you? Because you said in the beginning, you know, you're just you, you're, you're just a person with a voice. Um, But sometimes it can be hard when you might feel as though, you know, somebody wants you to say something a certain way. How do you manage to keep it, you know, on your own terms? (laughs) Um, That's why my name's Ballsy. Uh, (laughs) So I got a big tattoo all down my arm that says I am Ballsy. Um, Mm -hmm. and many testicles tattooed all over my body. Um, (laughs) So usually a lot of people, because I've been, you know, this isn't my first rodeo, people really know what to expect with me because I won't say anything. um, Like, I won't let anyone tell me what not to say. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I have my voice. I have my style. um, I'm blunt. And I just, my goal and everything that I talk about comes from the heart. It comes from passion. It comes from me wanting to help and educate people and just be real and connect. And that's what I I take from my very first experience when that young guy messaged me like nine years ago, 10 years ago, and just said that he could connect and relate to me because I was real. So for me, a lot of stuff is I don't do cue cards. I don't do PowerPoints when I do Mm. speaking engagements because you know what? That disconnects me. That takes me away from who my audience is. My unique people that are in front of me, I customize my talks every time I'm there. People go, oh, do you want to send me a PowerPoint? I go, no. And they go, mm-hmm. okay. And they go, do you want a photo up there or anything? I'm like, no. Do you want a website? No. I'm me because I want. I don't want any distractions and I just want to connect with the people. And like if I see someone, um, I want to be able to call them out and be able to see if they're, you know, have that emotion in them that I can bring it out and kind of see what I can do to help them and talk to them afterwards because I don't want anything clouding my brain um, because it's so important when you have this opportunity such as even a platform like this because you only have a couple minutes to be able to really retain or put put a message out there that people are going to really take from it so I, I feel like I for one love hearing you speak I am loving this 
entire conversation right now. <laughs> if, if everyone in the room can see me, I'm like smiling from ear to ear. Uh, you are refreshing to hear, and I'm assuming uh, during this time when you were sharing your voice uh, on YouTube, on the online space, uh, it can be, I'm not sure, but it, I'm, I'm assuming it's a bit crowded at that time. Uh, how did you differentiate yourself from uh, the, the community or the crowd that's on the online space and basically uh, stick out and have your voice be heard? Yeah, I just, yet again, it's just being true to my authentic self, um, being me, you know, there's no one like me. Um, there's no one like you, you know, and everyone. And it's just, I tell a lot of the advocates out there that don't copy anyone. Don't try to be like anyone. It's like musicians. It's, you know, you know, you try to copy someone's voice that you really like, you know, be your true self. And it's, it's like acting too. Like it's acting 101 is you don't try to act to be like a cop, you know, um, it's going be yourself because that's, that's what's going to make, that's what people are going to connect to, whether it's your inflections in your voice, it's even your voice, it's your look, um, it's anything. That is the only way that makes you unique, you know? So if it's your brand or your um, awareness style, anything, um, just just don't change that. And and that's what, for me, is like, you know, I, I go out there, I don't dress up, I'm covered in tattoos, I have my t-shirt, you know, I look like I'm like, just got out of bed. Um, but I'm a, I'm a yoga guy. I'm just, I'm all about, um, just being me and being comfortable, um, and authentic and raw. Um, because I just, I just want people to see that and feel that I am a regular person, you know, in a sense, um, I'm an extraordinary person, um, like everyone else is. And sometimes it just takes a little bit to get them to realize that and help them find their true self. Yeah. And I think I've actually noticed this is something that I, I've seen with a lot of people, um, you know, advocates, p influencers, you know, whatever, whatever we want to call them. But people who have, you know, a bigger voice potentially on a platform than maybe I do. And I've, I've seen these people change if I've been following them for a long time from maybe initially sharing their voice in a very timid way and trying to fit in and, you know, just blend in with the rest of the people, but, you know, just very timidly use their voice all the way to maybe now after years of following them and seeing them just be 100% comfortable with who they are, speaking their mind, you know, being comfortable in their own skin, not trying to fit in. And it really, that is the content that I personally gravitate towards. I really feel like those are the people that I continue to follow, the ones that I feel like are being honest. So I love that you are in the camp of just giving yourself time to, to be authentically you. Thank you. So um, in an effort to spread awareness on a topic that I think a lot of guys probably shy away from, um, you took a lot of specific action, not just you know speaking out on YouTube, but you literally built a giant testicle, um, which you have to remind me again what it's made out of, and pushed it across Canada, is that right? And, and we just, we want to know more about this. We want to tell our audience more about this. What spurred this conception of the giant ball? Yeah, so, so where that kind of all came about. So I went across Canada and the United States. Um, so Canada was kind of my trial run because I'm originally Canadian, um, but spent most of my life in the United States. Um, that I, and, and the ball is made of, it's basically a giant yoga ball. Um, so it deflated and inflated. That's everyone's question. They go, how did you get it everywhere? How did you do that? So I'm like, well, fits in my backpack, but it's, you know, less than 10, just around 10 pounds. Um, and it's, 
it, it takes it takes a little bit of time um, to deflate and inflate, which was very interesting in our journey. I won't get too off topic here, but but that everything was about time on that journey going across the countries because I had to find the right pump <laughs> that would mm-hmm. blow it up because some pumps would take about thirty five minute blow up and then another thirty minutes almost like 25 minutes to deflate and that's people like deflating and you're going, all right, that's almost right an hour of your day, just inflate deflating, you know, if you need to do this, that's a lot of time. So anyway, anyways, we ended up finding a right pump that ended up bringing it up at about 10 minutes and deflating in 10. Um, um, so the ball, uh, I, you know, cause testicular cancer, when I decided to kind of do this was yet again, still just as not as, prevalent um and in the media as it is now and and the awareness out there there's just so much great stuff since social media yet again i'm mentioning the greatness of social media of how it's it's given a voice and a platform for testicular cancer i mean not as um it's constantly growing not where i'd like it to be but um you know it's 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 hit major waves but at the time when i was doing it it was still um not as prevalent out there so um, I wanted to draw attention, you know, being the marketing guy that I was, I said, okay, you can do a walk, you can do a bike, you can do a run. Um, and then you think of your engagement, you're going, all right, if I don't do something big enough and bold enough that the media is going to cover, no one's going to know that I did it. Right. You know, I do a walk or I, I do an underwear run. Guess what? I'm probably only going to get maybe maybe local media or, or regional, a little bit of social, but unless I'm really boosting posts or paying for it and stuff like that, I'm not going to get that global awareness because it's crazy. So that's kind of where the ball kind of came into play where I was going, all right, for me to get a lot of attraction to the media, it needs to be crazy. And everything I do and any cons, uh, content that I create, I ask myself the question, I go, is it ballsy? And and this definitely was. So I had to find the right company to be able to build me a giant testicle and push it across these countries. And it got me great awareness, um, you know, which which I wanted um, and attention to the cause. I love that that's your, your mini brief to yourself is, is it ballsy? And that's the question that you need to always, always come back to when you start a new project. <laughs> yep. That's something I'm definitely going to incorporate into my own daily life. <laughs> I need to start I asking myself learn, more. I can't wait yeah. to learn about what's ballsy for you. Later. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's me coming in with Velcro sneakers instead of laces. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Thomas, during this journey across America, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you went from Los Angeles all the way to New York City. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. What was the most memorable interaction that you had uh, on this journey? Oh, man. Uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint all of them, you know, because there was just so many amazing people I met along the way. But there was definitely uh, one standout one. Um, you know, we were kind of on our end of our path um, in the home stretch on our way to New York. And uh, I ended up having a couple people help me with social media because I just I really wanted to be engaged with the people and not having to worry about posting and stuff like that. So I had a, a small social media volunteer team. Um, that were really helping me out. And um, one of my social media guys, his name's Ruben, um, he, he said, hey, Thomas, there's this kid in, um, in Baltimore uh, that, you know, is going through chemo right now and he's in the hospital and, and saw you on social media. And he actually, at the time, he worked for Twitter and just would 
love to see you. Um, and I talked to my team and they're like, okay, well, it was about like three, three or so hours or four hours off our path. Um, and my team was like, no, Thomas, we can't really do this. Um, and then I said, well, sorry, I'm the boss. We're going to go see this kid. <laughs> um, so I was like, non-negotiable guys. So, cause they, at that point too, we're on the road for like three months. Everyone just wants to go home. But like, this is just one of these, one of these stories that, um, I just couldn't, I had to make the trip. So I told my social media dude to say that we couldn't, we weren't going to be able to make it, unfortunately, because we had, it was a little bit off our path, but potentially maybe down the road, I could see him and visit him and whatnot, blah, 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 blah. So we ended up heading our way towards him and con and I had my social media team also contact the hospital and his family and um, just say, hey, we're going to be coming in to um, see him. Um, we just want to surprise him. Just please don't let him know. And I told my team not to like post anything of where we're going next. So long story short, we ended up there at the hospital, um, ended up, you know, talking to the nurse there and just asking him to come down just because he was going to be doing his regular walk. So that was an excuse to kind of get him out because he was still attached to his IV and everything. And then it was uh, extremely emotional, you know, seeing him come down and there I am with my squeeze my giant testicle through the in the lobby of the hospital and he sees me and uh, whew, getting a little teary here. Um, just his face, uh, just lit up. He just started crying. Um, there I, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, he came down, we had a big hug. Um, and it's actually my documentary trailer, our interaction. And he was just so happy to see me. And, you know, we talked for a bit and, and, uh, you know, I had this Mr. Ballsy hat, um, the whole journey, um, that was, you know, I felt bad for him because I never took it off. There was so much sweat and dirt and <laughs> so much crap all over it. And then uh, he actually had a thing where he liked to collect hats. So I, I gave him my hat and he gave me his. And uh, I still have it to this day and he has it. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those beautiful moments um, that, you know, he said that he'll never forget and like myself. Wow. And that all came out of saying, I'm the boss. We're, we're doing this. So <laughs> you got to trust your instincts. That was that was definitely a moment worth having. And I'm definitely mm -hmm. wiping away tears. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> <We're moving laughs> um, um, so in addition to this crazy giant ball that you pushed across America, you I mean, you've you have a lot of different creative outlets. And in one way that I think a lot of people wouldn't expect, you brought this message to life, which is through a comic book series. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how that came into being, what the message is there? Yeah. So through a lot of self-discovery over the past, um, you know, kind of 10 years of, you know, going through, you know, the advocacy and just even going through cancer and um, it just, I, I really had some great transitional points in my life where, you know, like I said in the beginning, it was very selfish, which then I had these like kind of triggers that really ended up um, hitting me where it was, you know, a bigger purpose of what I was meant to do. And I was meant to help people. And, um, you know, and that, that has been always my biggest motive since then and flipped the switch in the, in the selfishness and just, did everything for the people um, in my community. Um, so I wanted to, people to ask me to go, oh my God, how come you haven't written a book? You gotta do a book. And I go, well, it's not about me. I don't want it about me. 
And so I said, what, what can I do that, you know, attracts a very large audience, you know, which is the comic industry. I mean, you look at how huge Marvel and DC is, all the biggest movies are based off comic books. Um, the, the, the industry in the comic book world is a billion dollar industry. And then you look at the cancer community, which is, you know, I, all the speaking engagements I do and talk to people, I ask everyone in the room, you know, whether, you know, uh, I go, have you, what is your connection to cancer and, and how, um, I ask everyone in the room, how many people are connected to cancer in a, um, in a, um, you know, whether it's themselves or, uh, indirectly. And usually it's very hard to find the people that aren't raising their hands. Um, so you look at that industry of how many, not industry, but the community of how many cancer survivors and people who have been affected by cancers, cancer in the world, that's two major platforms. Um, and it's a visual world, you know? So a lot of people are, uh, you know, more likely to, you know, either watch a video or look at pictures. Um, so I wanted to kind of take that opportunity to combine the two and create a really cool um, comic book that's not too cancery, um, but really hits all hits all the kind of subliminal messaging, but still has that enough cancer in there to like not deter the comic industry um, mm -hmm. people away from it. Um, and just have a really nice, nice balance. Um, because one of my major things that I do with, um, with, uh, with my kind of ballsy brand is that there's, I do everything in a, in a positive aftermath perspective. So all my stories in, in the comic book and everything, there's nothing sad. Um, there's nothing about anything. It's more of uh, what to inspire to be these superheroes. So it's going, there's so many, all the organizations out there that are doing great things and they're targeting their audience in their own unique way. My angle is going, is the aftermath of going now what next? Yeah. The life after cancer. The life after cancer is where my target is uh, recently. And that's what the comic book is coming from. And and that's something I feel like a lot of people need to uh, start incorporating into their lives. Basically, thinking about what you leave behind, what's what's that legacy? And jumping from video to experiential to these live events. And uh, can we ask what has been the process for you to come up with these brilliant ideas, or how what is the, what is the process you've gone through to continue to garner attention, both in the online space as well as uh, in real life? Uh, I just yet again goes back to that question and I go, is it ballsy? You know, and if it isn't ballsy, I won't do it. And, you know, it just, it, it go, it's going back to the drawing table as much as possible, but it's yet again, it's going back to that authenticity of going, this has to be, this has to fit me. You know, anyone, if I'm giving advice to anyone out there too, and stuff like that, you can't try to do what I'm doing. Cause it's, you know, it's, you don't, you want to have your own legacy. You don't want to be the copycat. You know, um, you want to give your own opportunity and your uniqueness to support the community. You know, where I look at, I go, you know, all the different organizations, um, I see they're, they're doing such amazing things with their unique angle. So I go, I'm not going to raise money in that or do this or create shower cards or do that because they're doing it. 
you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. I'm going, how can I put myself out there in a different way to support everything that they're doing? So we have as many different opportunities out there and not doing the same thing. Um, so that's kind of where I look at too, is I go, I don't want to take away from what anyone else is doing and their angle. I want to bring more and add to it. And what's next for, for Ballsy? Uh, couple of my things that I really want to do. Um, well, the comic is like my number one focus right now. Um, just trying to get into hospitals, get into many hands as possible. Um, and for people at home, where can they find your comic? Uh, so they can find my comic at urballsy.com and, um, they can get the comic there. And, uh, actually there's a testicular cancer summit going on in Baltimore right now. Um, they can get the comic there at John Hopkins hospital and, um, yeah, they can always message me on any of my social media platforms, um, and I can send them out. Um, and then, but yeah, I just, I mean, that's one of my biggest focuses of what I'm trying to get out there. And I'm also, my big thing is, is I'm working on a, a mindset training boot camp, ballsy boot camp for, uh, cancer survivors. Um, you know, so that's, uh, TBD. Wow. <laughs> Well, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I, I feel sorry. like it'll be unlike any other boot camp we've probably ever seen if it's coming from you. Yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be very cutting edge. It's going to be very ballsy. Um it'll be <laughs> <laughs> it'll be very intense. Uh mm -hmm. so my goal is to do it as a as a tour. So, you know, I'll be booking out um city dates and stuff like that, but it'll be, you know, think Tony Robbins, I'm not your guru type deal. Um, and just very, um, very different from any other, um, any other event, um, that a lot of people will go to because it's just going to be, I'm going to be ruthless. So, but there will be tons of takeaways and amazing, um, transitional opportunities for them personally and uh, mentally. Can't wait for that. We'll, we'll definitely stay tuned. Before we close for the for the afternoon, we just wanted to get a little advice from you for some new influencers or advocates in the space um, that are trying to find their own authentic voice. Um, two balls, actually. Um, so <laughs> it feels like it's right up your alley. But have you heard of Nad and Tad? Oh, I love them. I, I, they're <laughs> uh, they're probably the, you know you can't usually ever say this, and I think it's been. Um, definitely executed in the right way is that I, they're the first cute testicles I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Nat and Tad have launched onto the scene. They are extremely cute testicles, mm -hmm. which I also never thought that I would say in there my life. Posters um, of them everywhere <laughs> around this office. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously their, their message is really awareness of, of guys being able to feel comfortable um, and know how to check themselves for testicular cancer to shine a light on this um, and just create more awareness. So yeah, do you have any advice coming from you? Uh, um, you know, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but um, I would love to know from the horse's mouth for, for Nat and Tad what you would, uh, what advice you would offer them. I would just say Nat and Tad have, um, you know, have found their unique um, angle um, into educating and being there. You know, I just, um, I just encourage them to connect uh, to as many of these young advocates out there and just be true to their, you know, to their selves, um, be them and just have that really play up the cuteness. 
um, and just constantly be looking at what other people are doing um, and just finding their voice. You know, it takes a little bit of time to kind of find their voice and just be true to themselves. Um, and they have a brotherhood, so don't split that up. <laughs> um, Stay together. <laughs> they are. To- I mean, well, they're kind of separate, but like you know, they're together. <laughs> they have a bond. Um, but yeah. And before we let you go, I have to ask you. We know that you are a comic book aficionado, so I have to ask you, as a comic book aficionado myself, the age-old question of Batman versus Superman: Where do you lie? Ooh. Um, oh yeah. Um, I'm a little bit more of, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I probably, have to <laughs> I'm probably more of a Batman guy cause I'm, yes. I'm more, yes. I, you know, I, I love the comics, but I also really enjoy the movies. You know, Michael Keaton was probably one of my, was probably the best Batman in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I just love all those older ones and the Joker and everything. I mean, I just, I think they did a, a, a better job in execution of the, of the movies as well. I'm a Batman person too. I yes. just like that he is a real person. He doesn't actually have any superpowers. He is just incredibly um, smart and ballsy. resourceful and ballsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a ballsy guy and he's just going out there and, and trying to trying to do the best he can. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that. well thomas thank you so much for joining us today on the healthy perspectives podcast it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you we can't wait to see what's next for ballsy and um and all that's yet to come and let the people out there know where they can get in touch with you or follow you any uh social media handles you want to give a shout out to yeah, so my my new website, you know, as it's it's stated, it's urballsy.com. Um, so it's all about you. Um, that's where you can get my comic. That's where you can connect with me. But all my social media platforms uh, are Mr. Ballsy on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm more active lately on Big Ballsy Comics on Instagram. So um, I'm just kind of really focusing on on building that and getting that out there. But I'm I am the the guy behind the social media so feel free to message me talk to me even if it's like personal issues or you need some help and direction and your advocacy or anything i'm i'm always there to respond awesome thank you all right thanks thomas thank you guys all right bye. bye 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 Our huge thanks to Thomas Cantley for joining us today on the podcast. It was an absolute joy to speak with him. And for all the men out there, please remember, cancer can happen to anyone. So check yourself, and if you aren't a man, pass the message along to a loved one who needs to hear it. And if you have any questions or concerns, talking to a doctor first is always best. Mm -hmm. And if you're ever looking to meet a couple of the most helpful testes on the planet, you can connect with Nat and Tad on your favorite social platforms or just visiting natandtad.com. That'll do it. Thank you all for listening. My name is Ivy. And I'm Wayne. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.